Well, a Methodist Bible college in the UK has hit the headlines for sacking a Christian lecturer over tweets defending a Christian view of sexuality. Dr. Aaron Edwards was sacked for misconduct by Cliff College in Derbyshire and was told that for sharing a Christian understanding of sexuality, he had brought the Methodist College into disrepute. He was also threatened with being reported to prevent the anti-radicalisation unit in the UK. The story is a microcosm of the fallout uh, in the Methodist Church in Britain following a June 2021 decision by its governing body to allow same-sex marriages in places of worship. But enough from me. Let's meet Dr Edwards and let's hear his story. Well, joining me from the UK on McBlog is Dr Aaron Edwards. Aaron, really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Bob. Good to be here. Aaron, can you just um, sort of in the lead up to what we're going to talk about, can you just give us a quick background? Um, I mean, in my view, you're quite young to be a uh, Bible college lecturer. How have you advanced so quickly? <laughs> well, uh, well tell, how old do you think I am? Let me, let, let's do a little live. Well, I think I read you're 37. Is that correct? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes, you've cheated there. You've already got it. There you go again. I, thought, I was hoping you might go for something wildly over or under. Or, Didn't want to yeah, insult 37. you. Yeah, absolutely. And you're, you're clearly in your 30s as well yourself. Uh, yeah, so correct. That's right. That's that's our you know our British way of just kind of you know uh, over complimenting yeah. our hosts. Um. So yeah, I'm 37 and uh, yeah, I've got five uh, children, ages two to 11. And uh, yeah, I've got I've been working at um I was working at an evangelical Bible college affiliated with Methodism uh, called Cliff College for the last seven years. Before that, I was working for a time as a teaching fellow at the University of Aberdeen, doing some lecturing there. Well, that's the place where I finished off my PhD, where we did my PhD um, a few, about, gosh, how long ago? about a decade ago. Mm. Yeah. So, what yeah, it's been quite a busy time. I mean, it was in, in systematic theology, in, in the theology of preaching. So it's kind of looking at scripture, how we understand different tensions within scripture and how we understand the authority of preaching in a particular moment where you're not necessarily saying everything that could be said. You're saying what needs to be said for the moment, which actually is quite pertinent to... <laughs> The controversy of late very um, pertinent uh, now cliff college, certain things yeah now cliff college on its website says that it is grounded in the authority of scripture we proclaim the gospel and invite everyone to experience the life-changing transformation of relationship with jesus christ so uh that mm -hmm. sounds like a pretty biblically based bible college yes it does sound like it doesn't it uh <laughs> sounds can be uh, deceiving I, I think um you know i, I don't it's, it's been a difficult thing for me because I don't actually want to disparage everything about what the college does. There's still lots of good people there. And um, there's people who have been laboring away in a similar mission to myself to try to help the college maintain its evangelical roots. And I was in a position of leadership there where I was able to run the master's program and, and have a say. And, you know, I think that statement you just read, I would have had sight of that at some point and at least had, had a say on on, on what went into it, even if without the final decision of the kind of executive leadership. But um, yeah, th there was a, you know, it, it's been a time of kind of battling away while I've been there, trying to, as I said, bring it, bring the college back to where it's come from. The, the roots of that college are inc incredible. People like Leonard Ravenhill, Samuel Chadwick, go and look those people up. Incredible word and spirit guys who are really gung-ho for Jesus. Amazing evangelistic heritage very biblical mm. um, and kind of cliff was known as kind of the fundamentalist college amongst british methodists for a, a long time and during my time with that i'd kind of be like oh i wish i wish 
you could even own up to that label not that i kind of identify as a fundamentalist but the way that that's used in, as, a, as a kind of term to almost say well you guys are so focused on the bible um that hasn't really been the reality i would say we have the aspiration to do that that's still in our documents that's still in lots of what cliff would have uh would have um, done. So I'm still using, still using the language of we. I probably shouldn't. I should now use they. It's difficult to transition uh, when you sort of have been heart and soul with something and then kind of been wrenched mm. away. But it's been, um, yeah. That I think it's a sad thing. What's happened with me has been re in reality. Um, what's said in the documents isn't actually always what's said in reality. And, and other things happen. You know, have kind of crept in in order to sort of yeah cover at least cover up some elements of what the authority of scripture might mean. So you can say the authority of scripture. And say you're evangelical but really the rubber hits the road when people start saying things off the basis of that and how do you respond to that mm. and i think that's where that where these things come home to roost uh, whatever said in a vision statement is not the same as what happens decisionally when uh, something actually is, is spoken for or against what that vision statement says okay well let's deal with the elephant in the room you did a tweet and the tweet says Homosexuality is invading the church. Evangelicals no longer see the severity of this because they're busy apologizing for their apparently barbaric homophobia, whether or not it's true. This is a gospel issue, by the way. If sin is no longer sin, we no longer need a savior. Uh, according to my record, it's had more than 300,000 views. What, what made you write this tweet? What led you to want to tweet this? Um, the main the main catalyst was the what's been going on in the Church of England with the blessing of same-sex relationships and marriages. Um, of course, the Anglican Church didn't go for gay marriage at this point. I expect they will do eventually. There's already government pressure to try to push that through. They've tried to do a halfway house and placate both sides. And we've seen the, you know, 10 of the global Anglican diocese breaking communion with the Church of England as a result. It's clearly been huge. And the implications for church unity are huge and i've basically been arguing that behind the scenes at cliff college for the last five years in the build up in the lead up to the methodist church in britain's decision to vote on same-sex marriage which we all knew was inevitable and there were just discussions about what they were going to do for a few years beforehand um and so yeah that, that's like for me that there's there's a long context behind all of this behind the scenes um, my decision to tweet when I did was really because I'd already been in debates with Anglicans for the kind of couple of weeks prior to that, uh, especially as I just couldn't, I just couldn't believe the way people were arguing. Um, sort of, you know, vicars who are already in a same-sex sex marriage or just pro-LGBT advocates very brazenly saying uh, that we are the stupid ones or we are the ones who are being, the traditionalists are those who are kind of um, being harmful to people. We just don't want, we just don't want to accept that people love each other. Can you just get over it? Can't we just focus on other stuff? Let's just talk about Jesus. Isn't that better to talk about Jesus and just don't talk about what we do with our bodies and say, well, no, sorry, I can't do that. And you're not really, this isn't something that has come from within the church. This isn't come from within the Bible. You're pretending it's come from within the Bible because it's really happened in the world first. And then it's been imported in and the language invaded, I think is, is entirely appropriate because it's something um, of, of sin entering the church and, it, and it's not welcome uh, when sin does that. And, that. and this gets misunderstood because it's not there therefore to say that we don't have grace and forgiveness for sin and, and that we don't want to open our arms wide, even to home, those who would consider themselves in the LGBT community. We want to open our arms wide to anyone mm. who would want to come and receive the love of Christ and to repent of their sin and even struggling along with that. It's not even saying, right, no more sinning for you ever again. Otherwise, we'll condemn you and excommunicate you. We're not even saying that. 
We're just saying you cannot change what sin is. And when that happens, if homosexuality um, has been accepted in society when it previously wasn't, and is now we're just deciding to follow the world and accept it in the church and just say, look, this is how the world's moved. Just get, get with the times, church. Catch up, church. Come on. Aren't you, aren't you where we are? And so yeah. it's when the Christians then pretend that they got this from within the Bible. And that, that really gets my goat. And so that's what I've been arguing again previously. So I just put it in a bit of a stronger way than normal. And that Sunday, it just blew up and everyone went crazy about it. Yeah, well, I'll come back to that. But I mean, uh, Reverend Calvin Robinson, the Anglican uh, in his Oxford Union speech, I thought uh, said it very well. And he said, yes, uh, the church welcomes everybody. But when people come to Jesus, it's they that change. It's not Jesus that changes. Um, Now, I mentioned Reverend Calvin Robinson because obviously he can't become an Anglican uh, minister because of his views uh, deemed to be too right wing. He opposes BLM Mm -hmm. because of their views on traditional family and abortion. Uh, and of course, then, of course, in the UK, you've got Reverend Bernard Bernard Randall, who was the chaplain in an Anglican school, who yeah. uh, was also referred to the radicalization unit because he told kids that they shouldn't be forced to accept LGBT just as they shouldn't be forced to accept Brexit or um, Islam. What was the response to uh, your fairly innocuous tweet? So, yeah, but the, the response was people immediately calling for me to be fired. Um, I think that my favourite hashtag was hashtag get this man his P45. In Britain, the P45 is right. the uh, kind of, yeah, the kind of form you get when you when you leave a job. So it's like this, get this man his P45. He can't work there anymore. We had lots of British Methodists in their loving inclusivity, progressive, very lovely people, you know, jumping all over it, saying this, this man is abhorrent. He's hateful, uh, terrible. And lots of atheists jumping on and kind of teaming up with the Methodists, which is intriguing. Um, and just, just basically people kind of not really, but in some ways misconstruing the tweet, kind of thinking that I was saying homosexuals are invading the church and I don't want to see any of those terrible, dirty homosexuals. Mm. Um, it, that wasn't what I said. I said homosexuality and I wasn't targeting homosexuals. I wasn't mm. targeting any individuals either. But all these individuals then started feeling offended by that. And I think I've said in previous times I've spoken about this, I do understand the offence, actually. I, I understand if you've been told that God thinks uh, your sexuality is your identity and is fundamentally who you are and, and thinks it's great and celebrates it, if one church is telling you that mm. and then you hear homosexuality is invading the church, well, I thought that was great. Aren't I part of the church? Am I one of these invaders? That kind of thing. And so you can understand why they might have felt that. But I think the problem is not my tweet. It's the false teaching that they've heard. That has given them this kind of consent them down a completely broad path which is not actually going to help them in the long run mm. and so a lot of people were very very aggravated by that i was trying to respond later that afternoon to sort of say look it's not homophobic but this is what i believe this is really important and it is a gospel issue and we're not saying this is a side issue that doesn't matter that much because once you change um what like i said what you change what sin is you can't just preach the same gospel and say hey let's all let me go to gay pride if i've got two people one who's pro lgbt and one who isn't and you're both at gay pride preaching the gospel. Well, well you're going to preach a different gospel because mm. one person's telling them to repent of something, another person's saying God loves that that oh, right, right now. You don't mm. need to repent of it. Celebrate. Mm. So, yeah, that's the issue. So the, the the response to the tweet was really the aggravation around that. And what then happened is the college um, responded to that. Um, I, I personally think they backed the wrong horse. Um, they responded to that first tweet storm when when about twenty five thousand people had seen the tweet not realizing that there are swathes of evangelicals around the world who are going to be more angered by the by the college's treatment of me yeah. than, than my tweet. And so I think they've alienated 
like most of evangelicalism in the world. Um, and that's kind of the problem that they didn't really realize. I, th I don't think they realized sufficiently that this would cause them far more disrepute than I caused them by my tweet. So were you given a tongue lashing or were you suspended or were you sacked? Uh, I was I, I, I was immediately suspended the next day. I think what I was suspended for was like the next day I came into work. I'd got an email the day before that I hadn't read yet um, saying, can you take the tweet down? It's we think it might violate our social media policy. And I read the social media policy again, which I'd read before and said, I don't think it does. It says, you know, if you say anything with an extreme view, I don't think it's an extreme view to say the homosexuality is sinful and a problem when you baptize that sinfulness. Um, it's, it's not defaming anyone. It's not promoting hate speech in some way. Um, so tell me what the issue is. And they said, well, we think the issue is you brought the college into disrepute, which is a very vague thing mm. and entirely in, in the eye of the beholder in many ways. And any, anyone could decide that they don't like what you say on social media and therefore make a Twitter storm. These things can happen quite quickly. Mm. And then say, well, you brought the college into disrepute because, you know, look at, look at what all these people said. Well, that, I mean, that happens all the time. The college has already brought itself into further disrepute how it responded to me so everyone ought to get sacked if i get sacked um, and so basically I got, I got immediately suspended because i chose not to take the tweet down i said i can't do that in good conscience because um it'd be bowing to the twitter mob um, and also it's just something i firmly believe about the gospel don't you can't tell me i can't say that it's completely evangelical to be able to say that to have a problem with sin entering the church it's how the new testament authors speak about this kind of thing um, and so because I didn't take it down, that was seen as then me wanting to perpetuate the problem of, of this disrepute. And so then they suspended me immediately. When I announced that I'd been suspended, that's when everyone jumped in and <laughs> often in support of me. So I had this really hard couple of days of a lot of hate coming my way. Then I had a lot of encouragement and a lot of hate kind of coming to the college uh, and people saying, well, are you evangelical or are you not? And, and doing what you did earlier reading out a statement going, I thought you said you are rooted in the in the, in the the word of God and, and his Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Um, what does it mean to be word and spirit then if, if, if someone's you know, suspended for this view? Um, and, then, and then eventually the investigation was done on me and I was uh, yeah summarily dismissed after a disciplinary hearing, which wow. I think was almost just routine. So I didn't get any real uh, conversation before the disciplinary. So the disciplinary hearing was the first time I got to even say my side of the story to the college. And I think that was, it was surprising, very surprising to me how fast it happened. I didn't know I could be suspended immediately without any conversation. And I didn't know I could be fired immediately without any previous disciplinary warnings or anything else. Um, when they want to get rid of you, they can do that. <laughs> seemingly. So, so like uh, uh, Reverend Bernard Randall, uh, were you referred, mm. did I read you were referred to some anti-radicalization unit? Yeah, so uh, there's this thing in Britain called Prevent, um, yeah. which is sort of a government program to monitor hate speech and terrorism, this kind of thing. Um, and the college didn't, you know, they, like, I think they've responded publicly to think that I've, you know, over-egged this to say, oh, we didn't threaten him with a, a terrorism unit. Well, they put it in the investigative report. In the investigation report, it said, it said to me, we are still, it is under review whether this in incident needs to be reported to Prevent, basically. To the office for students under the under the prevent duty so if they didn't want that to come out at some point they shouldn't have put it in there and if they didn't want it to be a threat hanging over me to make my the report make me look worse than i actually am they shouldn't have put it in there and they did and so it's in doing that they are, it's entirely I, I entirely agree with those headlines which people have been made especially in the us people have um jumped on to say you know he's been reported to a terrorism unit now the college wouldn't have actually done that i don't think they would have reported me to a terrorism unit but they wanted me it to be felt that that was it was so serious that we are considering this 
Well, they and certainly did it with the, Reverend issue. Bernard Randall, so it's obviously got precedent. Yeah. Exactly, and that's kind of what the issue is, isn't it? Yeah, with Randall, that was the same. And all, and all Bernard Randall was doing was literally, I mean, it was hilarious to hear. Well, maybe it's a tra tragic, but hilarious how stupid it was on, on the progressive attack because he was talking about ideology. He was saying, yeah. look, there's such a thing as the LGBT ideology. Consider it. You might agree with it, mm. but you might, it's just an ideology. And so there's yeah. other ide ideas and ideology. And so it proved that it's an ideology. We're saying, oh, no, you can't call it an ideology. It's just yeah. the truth. Oh, okay. That sounds a little bit like an ideology, but okay. Okay. So, so Aaron, I, have to, I have to ask this question and, and I ask it as kind of like a, a parent or a boss and <laughs> simply say, look, have you been the naughty child that has just been told a number of times to pull your head in uh, and and you have just been the rebellious one. You've caused us so much grief. And this tweet was really just the icing on the top. You know, we just couldn't take any more. Mm, that is a good, good, good parental question to ask. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Even from a fellow 30 something, you're, you know, it's good. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I think so. I've had no disciplinaries previously. What I think I would say is that I would be someone who asks um, awkward questions when they need to be asked. Um, but I don't think I've done it in, a, in any kind of graceless way. I've really tried to go out of my way to be for the college. As I was saying earlier, I, ha I have wanted the college to succeed. And I think I have been successful in my role and actually bringing students in. And, you know, my, uh, my evaluation feedback is always very positive um, from all the students in terms of my teaching and everything that I, I was doing there. So what... I had to cite a lot of my feedback on my lecturing for over the last several years mm. because um, in my report against me, it was said, you know, you'll, you'll now make the students feel unsafe in, in, in a classroom. That's one of the reasons they gave for why they were dismissing me. And I just said, I've had seven years of feedback from people saying, I may disagree with Aaron, mm. but I love the way that he allows different voices to be heard in the classroom interactively. I think I cited 10 different modules. Um, across several years mm. uh, where I, I could give examples of that kind of anonymous feedback from students and it yeah. didn't make any difference to my appeal when mm. I appealed and, and that you know my appeal kind of got rejected uh, anyway but yeah so I, I don't think I've uh, been someone who's been deliberately to cause trouble but I would say um, I would be the most I'd be the most conservative in my convictions there but there are other evangelicals who agree with me on 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 the stance um, they might not have tweeted what i've tweeted but i hope to convince other evangelicals that they need to speak like that yeah. when we're dealing with these kind of cultural pressures so i yeah. that's the kind of issue for me there's loads of evangelicals who agree with me technically but they go oh, maybe that was a bit clumsy or maybe you should have thought a bit more it's like i thought a lot actually mm. about that tweet and i really feel it was right it was wise to do that and i think many just don't think of that as wise they think wisdom always means being cautious and not saying something that will mm cause uh, trouble and i just don't think that's how the apostles um spoke if you go and read the book of acts if they really really wanted to stay out of trouble and i know we're supposed to stay out of trouble and live, live quiet godly lives one timothy uh, um two two i think it is um we should aim for peace absolutely but we know that we we can't leave things alone especially when that when, when it's coming into the church i think it's a slightly different thing if you go and rabble rouse and cause trouble and bring disrepute because you're just getting into silly kind of debates and arguments yeah. this is not a silly strange esoteric debate off to the side this is a really central issue that affects the gospel and affects church unity globally it's something i know about because I, i've connected with lots of, of students around the world on, on the program i ran who were from the global south and who conservative and, and, and horrified at what the st stuff that's going on in the west in, in the churches what we're allowing what we're compromising on yeah. so it's a huge issue and it's not like s someone just 
you know, running their mouth off to kind of on Twitter to kind of just score, score a few points. It's a really big issue. I, I didn't expect it to blow up as it did, but at the same time, it's just something I think was worth saying at the time. Okay, so you're unemployed. Where to from here? Um, my understanding is you've uh, got some legal support from our uh, allies, Andrea and Christian Concern there. Yes, amen. They've been they've been really wonderful, really helpful, and and genuinely concerned. I mean, in in the term as Christian concern, and I've often tried I've tried to defend them. Actually, they often get a quite a bad rep for being sensationalizers or or people who are just mm -hmm. rapidly going. I think well, if they're just trying to raise awareness of really important issues that are going silence, and so mm -hmm. the progress it's, it's usually the progressive leaning who kind of have a problem with them. Yeah. There are some kind of central evangelicals who even still think, oh, they're a bit too extreme for me actually they're they're actually doing they're fighting the good fight and they're doing such a good job often their work is behind the scenes um helping people but they genuinely have been incredibly concerned for me in mm. loads of different ways even in our housing situation we were being we co coincidentally got an eviction notice uh, a week after my dismissal and we're renting where we currently are um and we were expecting a 12-month renewal on the tenancy and then the landlord changed their mind for some reason and um we're now having to find somewhere new to live, but I can't get a mortgage and I can't, um, it's gonna be hard to even rent somewhere and and we couldn't afford to buy anywhere near where we are. So it's, it means very quickly thinking about relocating somewhere completely new with our ch young children and it's very challenging. So we've got a crowdfunder we put up into that, which is kind of quite an ambitious one to try and raise money to, to try and buy a house and to fund um, the projects that I have in mind that I feel God's called me to over the next couple of years, which is to, try to find ways to network and to write into this issue of how do we how do we prepare the church for the challenges that she's going to face over the next 10 20 30 years i don't think the current models of theological education in men, in the mainstream in the west are fit for purpose mm. because i think everyone's plugged into a system where they're worried about their reputation so my situation of being fired for this tweet mm. is kind of shocking to so many people who were at that college many years ago i've had so many messages i've had thousands of messages from around the world Good. but especially from former cliff students and others who've been like i can't believe this mm. is possible well you can see the currents in culture that have changed and a lot of our uh, educational institutions they even the ones who are doing good stuff there are loads of people doing great stuff still but i don't think they're quite awake to just how serious this is going to get and how if, if they can hang things like prevent over you Mm. and um mm. you know and threaten to take away your validation as a univer from the university if you're a bible college for example if the, if we have to worry about those things in order to really just say basic orthodox truths uh, about scripture we're in a serious we're in serious mm. trouble we're not going to train the kind of leaders and lay people who we need for mission and theology in the next generation because we need to model for them what it means to be courageous about standing on the truth and if we're constantly worried about apologizing for the bible well sorry you're just not that's going to translate itself to your students generation after generation so if we really want to serve the church over the next generation we've got to find a way to be what i'm calling shamelessly biblical yeah. we've got to be saying i'm not embarrassed about the bible it's god's wisdom there's some weird stuff in it but it's amazing and it's, it's grand narrative it's a it's a great kind of it's a tour de force from Genesis to Revelation. And there's lots of work to be done about how we understand it. But we stand on it and we proclaim it because we're called to do that. And we can't keep pretending that we're going to try and impress people and, and try and build these bridges with the, the people who are completely against the church. There's an anti-Christian mm. uh, movement 
in the West and it's, it's taken hold in the church. And that's kind of it, homosexuality being accepted in the church is just one symptom of many in that. So that's that's the first, maybe that's the biggest one right now. There'll be other things that come in, of course. Yeah. Um, and so we really need to be vigilant to that. And to do that, we need to be less worried about our reputations and, and less worried about what the world thinks of us or doesn't think of us. And we need to be solid and, and think about who do we have, who's with us? who's actually with willing to be, be unembarrassed about the Bible. Let's yeah. go and let's train and let's see what we can do. Let's see, let's make sure we're not just learning doctrinally. What does the theology say? Um, let's think about how we can get people active in the world, culturally engaged on the front foot, on the front line um, and winsomely as well to, to try and say, right, how can we, how can we exude the joy of the gospel as well? We're not just complaining about how terrible the culture is. Mm. We do need to know how terrible the culture is going and why it's going that direction as the Christian influence is minimized. So that's kind of a, a broad yeah. sense of that. My, my plan would be in the next couple of years, I'm going to be writing and, and networking and planning towards that issue. So kind of I've done, a, we've done a crowdfunder to raise money for that so we can settle in a home and then be able to, um, yeah, work efficiently for, for that end. So and see, and see where it ends up. I'm not quite sure where it will end up right now because uh, I need to think about it and, and network with the right people, mm. um, but yeah. hopefully something will open up. Yeah, one of my favourite quotes is from Reverend Billy Graham, who said, when a brave man takes a stand, it stiffens the spines of others. And um, look, you have paid a huge cost in terms of um, taking that stand. I mean, it's incredible, huge cost. So um, we'll, we'll put the link uh, to that crowdfunder uh, just for any Kiwis that um, want to support you, because I'm sure there are many. And uh, we wish you all the best uh, just in terms of what happens from here. Um, but just, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Uh, and just thank you for speaking up uh, in truth and in love uh, in a culture that desperately needs to hear it. So, Aaron, thanks for your time on McBlog. Amen. Thank you so much, Bob. Really appreciate it. And just, yeah, um, it's, it's great to know there's good, there's good guys down in, uh, down in Kiwi land who are, who are rooting for the gospel and standing on, uh, on, the, on the, his word, which is really what we need at this time. So thank you so much for having me on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you.